6 a.m. in Los Angeles, 9 a.m. in New York City, Jacksonville, Florida, and up and down the East Coast of America. It is 2 p.m. in London, England, 7.30 in Mumbai, India. In Kyoto, Japan, it's 11 o'clock at night, and here in Malaysia, it's 1924. I'm Jay Sheldon. I'm not wearing pants. We are live. Live, live, live. We're live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch.tv, and we're supposed to be live on Rumble.com. I'm starting to get a little cranked off here because Rumble has its own issues. I don't know why. We are supposed to be live. All the little technical goo-goos are in place, and yet I don't see us as live. So if we make it there, great. If we don't, certainly the show will be uploaded uh, within a half an hour after we're actually done with the show tonight. So anyway, we are here, and welcome. Thank you. Uh, if you would not uh, mind, if you'd be so kind to hit that follow and or subscribe button uh, for YouTube and Facebook, we appreciate it. It's absolutely free. doesn't cost you a dime and helps the show out a lot to uh, get uh, promoted and uh, spread around a bit. If you'd like to, uh, Darren Chow's like the stream. Thank you, Darren. All right. Um, yeah, by the way, on our last show on Saturday night, Darren was our special guest, very popular, and uh, people uh, messaged me, said they loved the show, they loved the information, and I have included, because they asked, so it is in our show notes from Saturday night's show, the link to the Chrysalis Project's Facebook page, but I added it also into tonight's uh, show notes down below here in the description. Uh, on both our podcast and our live stream, our uploaded video, so at the bottom of all the links of the stuff we're going to talk about tonight, you will see uh, another link. I reposted it to the Chrysalis Project uh, in Malaysia. So do check that out. All right. Um, cool beans. We got a lot to talk about tonight. And uh, not the least of which is this little lady. Miko update. Me, 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 go update. Me, me. Uh, she's great. Oh, you're welcome, Darren. Anytime. Uh, Miko's uh, fantastic. She's sleeping in the aircon in the other room, as she always does at 10 o'clock at night when I'm doing this show. And uh, she, um, she's she been healthy and well, and she had a great uh, walk this morning and uh, tonight. And uh, she's just been fantastic. Um, now, I'm not going to, there was a story I was going to relate, but I'm, I'll save it for another night. Uh, but just so you know, we always do a Miko update. She's great, no problems, eating me out of house and home, tearing up all her toys, and having a great time. All right, so it is uh, tomorrow, actually, here in Malaysia and around the world, it is Taipusam. Uh, Taipusam, if you do not know, is a celebration by Hindus. Uh, all over the world. I actually have a little cheat sheet here, so you'll notice me looking down at that because I wanted to give you some decent information. If you don't know what Taipusam is all about, the festival is centered around the worship of the deity Muruga, also known as Subramaniam. Muruga is a legendary Tamil god uh, who is the son of Parvati and the slayer of the demon king, 
Suurapathman. Man, I hope I'm saying these right. I got a big audience in India, so <laughs> especially for our podcast, we have lots of listeners in India. So forgive me, please, if I'm not saying these names right. Uh, thus, uh, this is really the most important Tamil religious festival in the world. It's celebrated on a large scale in uh, Tamil Nadu, India, and among the Tamil di uh, diaspora worldwide, uh, particularly in Malaysia, here where I am, Singapore, and other places where there is a significant number of uh, Tamils. In the context of Tamil identity, Lord Maruga is not merely a Hindu god, but for the Tamils, their god and protector. And there's a did you know, it says the word, I didn't know this, this is so cool. The word taipusam is the combination of the word Thai, T-H-A-I, which refers to the month of the Tamil cal calendar in which the festival is held, and Pusam, which refers to a constellation of three stars. Taipusam, always celebrated when there is a full moon, which can be seen in the month of Thai, or between January to February in the Gregorian calendar. So there you go. If you did not know what you are celebrating tomorrow, and by the way, here in Malaysia, it is a national public holiday, as it should be. Um, now you know where we got this holiday from and how the... Uh, the Tamils celebrate this day. And you know what? I was going to start off with our headline tonight about respecting athletes. But since we are talking about Taipusam, um, I think I'm going to switch things up. And I'm going to just show you this article because it burned my cookies. It really burned my cookies. Um, there's a part of the Taipusam Festival, which, by the way, I checked, the full moon officially occurs tomorrow morning here in Malaysia at like 7.20-something. That's when the official moment of the full moon happens. It's actually still, uh, it's waxing, I think it's called, and then waning on the other side. So yeah, but 7.20-something tomorrow morning is exactly when the full moon happens. But this article in the Malay Mail that we don't use a lot because, you know, the Malay male is one of the best panic porn people out there. But occasionally they do an interesting piece of journalism. We'll give credit where credit's due. Uh, part of the type of some festival, and I don't know the background of this whole thing. Maybe there's a little bit in the article about it. You can check it out in our show notes tonight. But they have these kadavis, uh, kavadi, kavadis. And um, these are the, let me show you a picture. Uh, if I can, there we go. Uh, these are these are the kavadi uh, makers and bearers in Ipo with their completed kavadis in uh, Ipo Perak on January fourteenth. Uh, the uh, let's see here the late an announcement. There was an announcement by the government, whatever, uh, that the uh, kavadi processions would not be allowed during this year's Taipusam celebration. Two days away! That's when they made the announcement. Two days away from tomorrow. It's caught all the makers of the Kavadis by surprise here in Malaysia, left them tens of thousands of ringgit 
out of pocket, a report said. Uh, the Cavati makers in KL and Ipo caught by surprise uh, by the announcement that the Cavati processions would not be allowed this year because of the virus precautions. Uh, temple committees had previously told them that the Cavati processions would be allowed. Um, they had incurred losses of close to 25,000 ringgit, noting that Sri Subramanyar Temple in Batu Caves, Selangor, uh, had towards the end of December last year said uh, Kavadi processions would be allowed, but without the accompanying drum performance, and in January allowed 200 Kavadis to enter the temple uh, with online registration. Uh, the temple had kept changing the registration dates at the, until the last minute, finally managed to register 12 Mayil Kavadi, or Kavadi made of peacock feathers, only then to have the bombshell drop, dropped by the National Unity Ministry. And uh, it takes almost 7,000 ringgit to make a Mayil Kavadi, and the process involves weeks and weeks of materials that are obtained from India. And uh, there is a Lawrence Dev in this article, Kavadi maker in Ipo. About 500 Kavadi makers in Ipo worked tirelessly over the last two months, forked out about 40,000 ringgit to buy materials, hire workers, pay rentals for the store, and then suddenly get told in the last two days before the procession, they weren't allowed. This is pure buffalo sandwich. You're going to make these kind of decisions that affect not only finances, but people's beliefs, their fast-held religious beliefs and celebrations. Do it more than 48 hours before the damn celebration, huh? Have a little respect. Look, I, now here's, here's Jay doing what Jay gets in trouble for, and that's just saying the quiet part out loud. I know Indian community here in Malaysia is thought of as third-class citizens, sometimes even worse than that. They're not, but we live in a country that thinks of them that way, sadly. You know what the good part is? I thought about this tonight as I was thinking about what I was going to say. All of my friends who are younger do not feel that way. 99.9% of them. The older people that I run into still have that ridiculous, racist, bullcrap mentality. So as you older people with that idiotic mindset die off, please, quicken the pace, would you? There is a generation of people coming up who respect each other, who are not racist. There's still plenty of them out there, but the majority that are eventually going to get older, take over, you're not, and good for you. And I encourage you to spread that to as many people as you can. There's no reason, rhyme or reason, for any form of racism anywhere on this planet, particularly not here. And this is bullcrap. Okay, I've said my piece. Seriously, 48 hours before, and all those tens of thousands of ringgit and hours and hours of work 
that were put into making these, only to be told, nope, can't do it. All right, I was. I usually do one that pisses me off, and then I move on to some funny stuff and some cool stuff, but here's another one. Our headline tonight, respect all athletes. And by all athletes, I mean all athletes. This story in uh, says.com, links in the show notes tonight. Please read it, and uh, it, it is... An unbelievably sad story. Um, so check out the, uh, this is Ko Li Peng, former Paralympic swimmer representing Malaysia by the ASEAN Para Games from 2001 to 2005. She is a remarkable, remarkable athlete. One of the finest Paralympic athletes the country has ever seen. Co brought home seven golds, seven gold medals, and three silver medals during those five years. Decades later, she was crowned with the award of Penang's Best Paralympic Sportswoman in 2015. Followed where another two years and more awards, Penang Sports Council named her the uh, Female Paralympian of the Year at the Penang State Sports Award in uh, 2017. There she is getting that, that award. Brilliant, an amazing, amazing athlete. Despite the glory and all the recognition she brought all of her fellow countrymen here in Malaysia, the former Paralympic swimmer has been left to fend for herself on the streets. Wearing a Harimau Malaysia polo tee that our national athletes wear, she was recently spotted selling tissue covers on Bukit Bintan in KL, Kuala Lumpur, for those of you who don't live here, to support herself in her wheelchair. And uh, according to Fadia, I hope I'm saying this right, Wahab, who spotted the 48-year-old on Friday, uh, she was holding a torn-up laminated newspaper that carried a headline, Bekas Atlet Renang OKU Dichema. She consented to his uh, tweets being quoted for this says story and shared that uh, Ko first introduced herself and when she noticed his uh, partner trying to subtly look her up online, the resilient woman told them to go ahead and search her name on YouTube if, she, if they didn't believe who she was. There's more to this story. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Please do. I encourage you to uh, check out the story in our link tonight down in the description in the show notes and uh, read the entire article. Um, it's a shame. Just recently, we've had word, too, that a number of our national athletes are getting uh, what reduced uh, compensation uh, monies. Uh, we need to take care of our athletes. We really do. They are, they, they are should be, and could be such an amazing source of national pride. And we need that. Here in Malaysia, we need something, someone, some people, some group to latch on to, to give us hope, to bring us the awards, to be proud of. We are proud of 
all of these people, whether they are Olympic athletes or Paralympic athletes. Uh, we've had world champions here, more than one, and we will have more. But we need to be doing everything we can. Look, I'm not a sports guy. I don't really follow sports. My life growing up was all about music and theater and arts and broadcasting. I never really followed sports. I had no particular interest in playing sports. But I recognize the importance of sports and athletes and what they can do to bring a country together. And amazing women like this one deserve to be supported. And I hope this country can, uh, can do something to support, more support, for our uh, incredible athletes. That is a sad story. All right, let's move on. Let's lighten the mood a little bit. This is a quick one, but it's funny. <laughs> And you'll see a link to it in our show notes. It's just an image. And I'm sorry if you're listening on our podcast, you'll have to check out the uh, link in our show notes if you want to see what this is all about. You know the, the saying, you had one job? Okay, well, this is a variation of that. It's the, it's not my job. The official winner of the Not My Job Award goes to this guy. Can you see? <laughs> Man. Let me describe this for you in case you're listening to the podcast and you want to check out the link. It's a set of walkway stairs. It looks like maybe in some factory. There's a giant pipe down below. And they've all been freshly painted yellow. There's like a safety yellow. And sitting on the walkway is some sort of looks like a one liter soda bottle. And whoever was painting the stairway left the soda bottle and just painted right over top of it. So there you go. The official winner of the Not My Job Award. <laughs> Seriously, folks. Honestly. I'm telling you. Ah, uh, never mind. People are stupid, really. Genuinely stupid. All right, what else have we got? Oh, this is a cool one. Check this out. I love this. You see that? You see this picture? Again, podcast listeners, sorry. Check out the link in the show notes. It's in there. Uh, that is a picture of all the places where World War II fighter planes took hits. Now, this is not one plane that took all these hits. But what they did was they took and marked out all the different planes that were returning from combat missions, the places on the plane that got hit. And you can see there's a, a ton of red dots all over the outside of the wings, the middle of the wings, the tail, uh, whatever that part of the wing is called, the tail rudder. Uh, no, the rudder's the top one. I don't know what the back one is called. But anyway, you can see here on the picture, all of these are hits that returning combat uh jet fighters, fighter jets, were, were taken shots. Well, during World War II, fighter planes would come back from battle with bullet holes, and the Allies found the areas that were most commonly hit by enemy fire. 
they sought to strengthen the most commonly damaged parts of the plane so that they could reduce the number of planes that were shot down. So in all these areas here, they would strengthen these parts. A mathematician, Abraham Wald, pointed out that there was another way to look at the data. Perhaps the reason certain areas of the plane weren't covered in bullet holes was that the planes were shot in those areas and those planes didn't return. That insight led to the armor being reinforced in the parts of the plane where there were no bullet holes. Here, engines, cockpit, there's another place here, the middle of the airplane. So what they did was, instead of reinforcing the areas that were taking hits on the planes that did make it back, they reinforced the areas that didn't take hits. The story behind the data is arguably one of the most important than the data itself. Precisely, the reason behind why we are missing certain pieces of data may be more meaningful than the data we have. Brilliant! Brilliant thinking! Those were the ones that made it back with the bullet holes. The ones that didn't make it back likely had bullet holes in other places. It's all, it's all how you think about things. It's all how you look at the data. <laughs> wow. All right. Um, hey, this is a cool article I found. I wanted to share this with you. And it is about uh, Dr. Anthony Alexander Chong and his literary workshop. This is from a site called optionstheedge.com. Link again is in our description in our show notes tonight. But a, a rather interesting article. I'm not going to share the whole thing with you. Please do. I encourage you to click over there and read the article yourself. Deaf activist Dr. Chong outlines plans for literary workshop that highlights Bahasa Isyarat Malaysia. He's one of the 11 beneficiaries of this year's Christian Jit Fund. And there is his picture. Uh, he is deaf. Uh, it was while setting up the inner, this is the, the writer takes a, a really interesting take on this. Um, and uh, he or she, the person who wrote the article said, while setting up the interview with deaf activist, Dr. Anthony Alexander Chung, it occurred to me how much we take for granted and how mortifyingly unaware we are about the daily minuete that can be difficult for people who are hearing impaired. Chong is exceptionally gracious about it all, but the effect of that initial exchange is permanently seared in our collective consciousness. While we may acknowledge the world can be difficult for the differently abled, we really have no idea what some of their day-to-day -day challenges are. So this is an article and uh, talks about Dr. Chong and uh, he is one of the 11 beneficiaries this year of the uh, uh, Christian JIT Fund, which is aimed at preserving uh, arts practitioners with monetary aid to pursue projects in the arts. It's supported by Astro and the Creator Foundation, the fund of which he is, as we said, one of the beneficiaries. 
is inspired by the late theater director's pioneering work in celebrating original Malaysian creativity uh, in as varied and alternative ways as possible. And he's going to be using the funds that he gets to run a Malaysian sign language. That's the word that I mispronounced earlier. It's bahasa, which is language. Isyarat, I think, perhaps, Malaysia. So that is, Isyarat must be sign. Um, for deaf people. Brilliant, brilliant. And again, all the encouragement for these guys. It's wonderful. Do check out the article. Click on the link, read through it, check it out, and uh, find out more about uh, this guy, Dr. Chong. Does some great work. We have a very large uh, hearing impaired population in Malaysia, and uh, they, they do an amazing job, uh, both in educating people about the hearing impaired and... Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's quite cool. So please do, I encourage you. I wanted to share that just to encourage you to click on the link and uh, read the article. This is quite good. Which also reminded me, hang on, I need a coffee break. Miko mug, by the way. You want one? Miko and our show logo. You can get them. the links in our show notes. All right. I've talked about this before, but I got to share it again because it's just that important. It is an app for your phone, which is free, non-invasive, does not take a bunch of your battery life, runs very quietly in the background, and uh, it's incredibly helpful. The moment I heard about this, I downloaded it, signed up for it. It is on my phone. By the way, see this? This is my new phone. Check that out. I got this for my birthday. I'm so pleased. You can't quite tell on this camera, but this is a pastel purple color. So, yeah, this is my new phone. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> and yes, it's it's on this phone. What I'm talking about is, is Be My Eyes. I have talked about this before, and I want to talk about it again. I did just get another, only my second, Be My Eyes call, which was so cool. I was so happy to be able to help out. And this was an odd one. The last one, I can't remember what it was, but this one was somebody who had actually taken a uh, one of those PCR or whatever home COVID tests and needed to be able to see what the results were. So I was able, thankfully, they were negative. I was able to tell him what I saw on camera. Here's how it works. You put this on your phone, and if you are uh, vision impaired, you can actually use it for that. But if you are like me, you don't have a problem with your vision. And whatever language you speak, you can put that into your profile. And then your phone is available to someone who needs assistance who is vision impaired. So you'll get a call on your phone that says someone needs your assistance from Be My Eyes. You click accept. There's so many people using this app. It's been wonderful. I've gotten five, six, seven, eight calls but by the time I click accept, someone else has taken the call. I did manage to get one just a week or two ago. And um, that's the, the one with the uh, COVID testing. But um, it, it, what happens is your uh, their video camera will come on and show you whatever they're looking at. And then you can chit chat with them live and whatever it is they need assistance with. Now, it could be something very simple. It could be, does this tie match my shirt? Uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm trying to find this location. Some people who are not completely blind, but vision impaired, uh, may still be able to get around, 
but still need some help with road signs if they're walking, things like that, uh, go to the website, please. Check it out. You can see here, whether it's an Android or an iOS phone, you can download there, send it to your phone, sign up, put your info in, and it, like I said, does not take a lot of your battery life. It doesn't mine your personal data, um, but it's a, it's such a wonderful thing that you can do, and I cannot encourage you enough to put this on your phone and be a part of the system wherever you are on the planet. It is worldwide. And uh, you'll see here, uh, every day, sighted volunteers lend their eyes to solve tasks big and small. Some, like the COVID test, was quite a big thing to this user who was visually impaired. But sometimes they're just minor little things they need help with. Like, uh, you know, can you tell me which shelf the spaghetti is on or something? Or where is the sauce? Or what flavor is this? It could be something simple like that. But still, the the service you are giving these people is such a wonderful thing. Uh, blind or low vision person requests assistance. A sighted volunteer receives the video call. And here is a, there's a video on the page. You can check it out. Look at this. Five and a half million people have volunteered. Fantastic. I hope you will be the next one. Uh, 372,000 blind and low visioned people in 150 uh, countries in over 180 languages. Wow. Join the community. That is just download Be My Eyes. BeMyEyes.com. Link is in the show notes. Easy to find and easy to find on the Play Store or the Apple App Store, whatever it's called. Uh, really, seriously, I cannot encourage you enough. This is not the last you're going to hear about this from me because I am such a supporter of this program. And it's so, uh, let me tell you, when I got the, I've only gotten two calls and I've been on this system for a couple of years now. But um, it is so rewarding when you're able to help somebody out like that. I, it's just, you know, it's not a pat on the back. Oh, look at me, aren't I wonderful? It's just honestly, it does your heart good. Uh, to be able to help out uh, these folks in these kind of situations. Truly, truly good. All right. Um, what else we got going on? I think we have our book, right? Yeah. It's our book. It's time. Uh, let me move over here and get on with uh, Tom Sawyer. Yeah. Uh, we left, again, Saturday night, we had such a great time talking to Darren Chow about the Chrysalis Project. Links in the description again tonight. Please do check it out. But uh, we did not get to our book, so we missed an episode. That's fine. We're going to pick it up right where we left off and uh, keep reading, was it chapter six? We were about halfway through chapter six. Uh, we get these books from the Gutenberg Project, gutenberg.org. They're all in the public domain. We have read from the very beginning, 166 shows ago or something, um, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, The Little Prince, Wizard of Oz, Velveteen Rabbit. We've done them all. And right now we are doing the very long Tom Sawyer, at least a half a chapter a night, sometimes a whole chapter if they're a little shorter. But uh, yeah, let's uh, let's move over on and continue. As you know, uh, Tom was on his way to school when he ran into Huckleberry Finn, and they did a little bartering and back and forth. And so uh, he's finally made it where he was headed in the first place, and that was school. 
When Tom reached the little isolated frame schoolhouse, he strode in briskly, with the manner of one who'd come with all honest speed. He hung his hat on a peg and flung himself into his seat with business-like alacrity. The master, throned on high in his great splint-bottom armchair, was dozing, lulled by the drowsy hum of study. The interruption roused him. Thomas Sawyer! Tom knew that when his name was pronounced in full, it meant trouble. Sir? Come up here. Now, sir, why were you late again, as usual? Tom was about to take revenge in a lie when he saw two long tails of yellow hair hanging down a back that he recognized by the electric sympathy of love, and by that form was the only vacant place on the girl's side of the schoolhouse. He instantly said, I stopped to talk with Huckleberry Finn. The master's pulse stood still, and he stared helplessly. The buzz of study ceased. The pupils wonder if this foolhardy boy had lost his mind. The master said, You did what? Stop to talk with Huckleberry Finn. There was no mas mistaking the words. Thomas Sawyer, this is the most astounding confession I've ever listened to. No mere ferule would answer for this offense. Take off your jacket. The master's arm performed until it was tired and the stock of switches notably diminished. Then the order followed. Now, sir, go and sit with the girls and let this be a warning to you. The titter that rippled around the room appeared to abash the boy. But in reality, the result that caused rather more by his worshipful awe of his unknown idol and the dread pleasure that lay in his high good fortune. He sat down upon the end of the pine bench and the girl hitched herself away from him with a toss of her head. Nudges and winks and whispers traversed the room, but Tom sat still with his arm upon the long low desk before him and seemed to study his book. By and by, attention ceased from him, and the accustomed school murmur rose upon the dull air once more. Presently, the boy seemed to steal furtive glances at the girl. She observed it, made a mouth at Tom, and gave him the back of her head for the space of one minute. When she cautiously faced around again, a peach lay before her. She thrust it away. Tom gently put it back. She thrust it away again, but with less animosity. Tom patiently returned it to its place, and then she let it remain. Tom scrawled on his slate, Please take it. I got more. The girl glanced at the words, but made no sign. Now the boy began to draw something on the slate, hiding his work with his left hand. For a time, the girl refused to notice, but her human curiosity presently began to manifest itself by hardly perceptible signs. The boy worked on, a 
apparently unconscious. The girl made a sort of non-committal attempt to see, but the boy did not betray that he was aware of it. At last, she gave in and hesitantly whispered, Let me see it. Tom partly uncovered a dismal caricature of a house, with two gable ends to it and a corkscrew of smoke issuing from the chimney. And then the girl's interest began to fasten itself upon the work, and she forgot everything else. When it was finished, she gazed a moment and then whispered, It's nice. Make a man. Well, the artist erected a man in the front yard that resembled a derrick. He could have stepped over the house, but the girl was not hypercritical. She was satisfied with the monster and whispered, It's a beautiful man. Now make me coming along. Tom drew an hourglass with a full moon and straw limbs to it, armed the spreading fingers with portentous fans, and the girl said, Oh, it's ever so nice. I wish I could draw. Well, it's easy, whispered Tom. I'll learn you. Oh, will you? When? At noon. Do you go home to dinner? I'll stay if you will. Good. That's a whack. What's your name? Becky Thatcher. What's yours? Oh, I know. It's Thomas Sawyer. That's the name they lick me by. I'm Tom when I'm good. You can call me Tom, will you? Yes. Now Tom began to scrawl something on the slate, hiding the words from the girl, but she was not backward this time. She begged to see. And Tom said, That ain't anything. Yes, it is. No, it ain't. You don't want to see. Yes, I do. Indeed, I do. Please let me see. You'll tell. No, I won't. Deed and deed and double deed won't. You won't tell anybody at all, ever, long as you live. Oh, I won't tell anybody. Now let me see. I, you don't want to see it. Now that you treat me so, I will see. And she put her small hand upon his, and a little scuffle ensued. Tom, pretending to resist in earnest, but letting his hand slip by degrees till the words were revealed, I love you. Oh, you bad thing! And she hit his hand with a smart rap, but reddened and looked pleased nevertheless. Just at this juncture, the boy felt a slow, fateful grip closing on his ear, and a steady, lifting impulse. In that wise, he was borne across the house and deposited in his own seat until a peppering fire of giggles from the whole school. Then the master stood over, looking, dur drawing, during a few awful moments, and finally moved away to his throne without saying a word. But although Tom's ear tingled, his heart was jubilant. As the school quieted down, Tom made an honest effort to study, but the turmoil within him was too great. In turn, he took his place in the reading class and made a botch of it. Then in the geography class, turned lakes into mountains, mountains into rivers, and rivers into continents, till chaos was come again. And then in the spelling class, 
he got turned down by a succession of mere baby words until he brought up at the foot and yielded up the pewter medal which he had won and worn with ostentation for months. And that's the first time we hear from Becky Thatcher, but not the last. And it's also the end of chapter six of the adventures of Tom Sawyer. Sawyer, originally written back in 1876. It was one of the first novels ever written on a typewriter. How cool is that? <laughs> All right, folks, uh, that's going to do it for us for tonight, and I will see you again on Wednesday. Uh, enjoy your Taipusam tomorrow, if you are celebrating, or maybe you just have the day off. Enjoy. I'll see you on uh, Wednesday night, 10 o'clock Malaysian time. Please follow us on Facebook, twitch.tv, rumble.com. You can subscribe and also on YouTube, subscribe. Again, I'm sorry, it looks like our rumble.com stream did not go live for whatever reason, but uh, we'll, if it's not, we'll get the video uploaded up there as, as soon as we get it uh, edited up, be about a half hour from now. All right. Till next time, I'm Jay Sheldon. I'm not wearing pants. Have a great week, everybody, and I'll see you Wednesday. Good night. <laughs>